well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you're with us on the program today. There's a lot going on here in the world of our right to keep and bear arms. Washington Governor Jay Inslee signing the uh, quote-unquote assault weapons ban into law in Washington State. Now, that will take effect immediately. So as of today, the uh, sales of those uh, firearms defined as quote-unquote assault weapons will no longer be available for sale in the uh, state of Washington. Uh, This legislation does come with a grandfather clause, so existing owners can keep their guns for now, uh, although I expect that we will see a legal challenge launched, if not today, uh, certainly by the end of this week, probably multiple legal challenges now that I'm thinking about it, uh, taking on the new ban on uh, quote unquote assaultments. We're actually not going to be talking about what's going on in Washington state today. We're actually going to be talking about what's going on in uh, uh, Tennessee, where Governor Bill Lee uh, is calling for a special session on gun reform. Before we get to that, though, I do want to share with you a wonderful company and a new sponsor for our program located in the center of the military universe, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. At Defender Ammunition, you will never wait weeks for ammo. Whatever you see on the website is actually in stock and ships the same day. And this is a pretty patriotic bunch. They source every component they can from U.S. companies to ensure that your dollars are going to support companies right here at home. Defender has exceptionally priced high-quality ammo, but they're also great folks who fight for the defenders of our country. Everyone employed at Defender Ammunition is either former military or military-adjacent, and that's why they give back whatever they can to support charities for our beloved service members. I've had the chance to fire some of their ammo in the field, and I can testify they are the kind of company with quality products and American values that you'll want to support. The gun industry seems massive but it gets much smaller when finding people with common American values. And if you want to try out some of their ammunition for free, check out their brass exchange program. They encourage customers to trade in fired brass in exchange for a gift card. As you can imagine, people love this. Visit DefenderAmmunition.com and get to know a gem of an ammo company in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Check out all of the details on their brass exchange and more, and be sure to thank them for supporting this program. Go on to save on high-quality manufactured ammunition. All right, so let's talk about what's going on in Tennessee, where uh, Governor Bill Lee has uh, called for a special session on, uh, quote, public safety and gun reform. Yeah. Uh, Fox News says uh, he's touting his uh, Second Amendment support while still calling for this uh, special session. And listen, to be fair, I'm not going to drag Bill Lee through the mud here. Uh, Governor Lee has signed constitutional carry into law. He's been very supportive of the Second Amendment. However, um, the he says don't call it a red flag law. Call it a temporary mental health restraining order. But it is a red flag law. That, and I know that the uh, provisions that uh, Governor Lee wants to put in place would um, address a lot of the concerns that gun owners have about uh, extreme risk protection orders, lack of due process, lack of representation. Uh, according to what Governor Lee has said, um, he doesn't think that there should be any ex parte hearings. So, in other words, if there is a hearing, if you're the subject of a petition, you get to be a part of that hearing. Unlike a lot of these ex parte orders where you might not even know that a petition has been filed. Uh, and a prosecutor goes before a judge and a very low standard of evidence um, if they can, you know, show that uh, it's likely uh, or even, uh, you know, 51% chance that you pose a risk to yourself or others. They can go and they can take the guns away. And then several weeks later, you get a chance to appear in court uh, and provide your side of the story. Bill Lee says, no, we're not going to have that in Tennessee. 
uh, no ex part hearings. Also says that he wants uh, individuals to have access to a public defender uh, if they cannot afford a an attorney. One will be provided for them. That is also different than what we see in most of the states that have adopted red flag laws. However, there's still, I think, a fundamental issue here with what the governor is calling for. So this is uh, how Fox News described it, uh, quoting the governor. What we plan to do is work together with the General Assembly to find a way that will, in fact, protect the broader public, that will protect the rights of Tennesseans. We believe that we can do that. I, I, and I think, by the way, that he can. But it's not going to happen with a red flag law, no matter what you want to call it. Uh, speaking with media at an event to sign the Forever Homes Act, which aims to expedite adoptions and encourage them over abortions, Lee discussed what he expects from these special legislative sessions since he announced last Friday that one would be held. Quote, there needs to be a way to separate those that are a danger to others and to themselves from access to weapons and protect the rights and particularly the Second Amendment rights of Tennesseans. Okay. A red flag law will not do that. A temporary mental health restraining order will not do that. Because if somebody is dangerous, they pose a threat to themselves or somebody else, anything can be a weapon. Anything that is, uh, any piece of legislation that is gun-centric, which is exactly what Billy has proposed with these temporary mental health restraining orders, uh, petitions filed. You get to show up if you're the subject of that petition. You get to bring an attorney with you, or if you can't afford one, one will be provided to you. Uh, again, according to what Bill Lee has, uh, has has offered as suggestions. But let's say that that petition is filed, and let's say that a judge says, "You know what, Cam? Um, yeah, I think you do pose a threat to yourself and, and other people. Um, so here's what we're going to do: we're going to take your firearms away." There, problem solved. Well, problem is not solved. If someone is a danger to themselves or others, it's not a gun issue. Again, it's a person issue. And that dangerous person needs to be in treatment, may need to be uh, incarcerated. But taking the guns away and leaving the dangerous person to their own devices is not a strategy for success in terms of impacting public safety, or protecting anyone's fundamental rights. Now, there has been pushback in Tennessee. The uh, state house has tweeted out they're not in support of any red flag law, calling it a non-starter. But uh, Tennessee's lieutenant governor, Randy McNally, says he doesn't think it's a non-starter. said, I think, quote, we'll have to examine it and have it go through the requisite committees in both the Senate and the House. Um. And the uh, Nashville Tennessean says the uh, state Senate Republicans reportedly seem more receptive to the idea. Well, I, I hope not. I know that there is a lot of political pressure on Bill Lee. Uh, and to a certain extent, uh, the Tennessee legislature as well. In the aftermath of the Covenant School shootings, uh, I think the short-sighted decision to try to expel uh, two of these three Democrat lawmakers who led protests on the House floor rather than censure them, that elevated uh, those lawmakers. The national media has glommed on to them. They turned them into celebrities. Joe Biden invited them to the White House uh, on Monday, where they talked about 
gun control. Um, Representative Justin Pearson said, what we talked about is obviously the issue of gun reform and they need to have more gun violence prevention and the work that can be done, potentially federally, but also at the state level, because as you all know, in the state of Tennessee, there's an effort by the governor to call a special session, which we completely support, Pearson said, to really address the issue of gun violence or gun violence reform. Gloria Johnson, who was one of the other lawmakers, not uh, expelled, but uh, disciplined for uh, engaging in the protest, said, uh, we talked about a lot of items. We talked about red flag laws. We talked about safe stores laws. We talked about assault weapons and what that would look like. So there were a lot of options as well as universal background checks and closing loopholes. Yeah, I mean, again, those three Democrats are now the face of gun control in the state of Tennessee. And the media in Tennessee is applying a full court press on Republicans to, quote unquote, do something about guns. So this, from a political perspective, um, might be what Governor Lee thinks would be a sweet spot, right? Um, something akin to a red flag law, something that would allow him to say, look, we're trying to take weapons from people who are dangerous uh, and pose a threat to themselves or others, but we're doing it in a way that respects their due process rights and their Second Amendment rights. And again, from a political perspective, Maybe Governor Lee can massage his proposal enough that uh, it'll find support among uh, not just the uh, public, but enough Republicans in the Tennessee legislature to get this to his desk. But again, this is a political response. It's not a policy response. If we're dealing with dangerous people who we believe are capable of doing and, and have the intention, not just have the capability, but have the intention of doing dangerous things, either to themselves or others, that could lead to, you know, death or, or great bodily harm. Yeah, we, we do need to talk about those individuals. But again, we're not. When we talk about a mental health restraining order, we're talking about whether or not they own guns. And that's not the underlying fundamental issue, is it? It's that person who would be in need of treatment, that person who would be in need of help. And as we've discussed at Bearing Arms over the past week or so, the mental health system in Tennessee could use some help. Uh, they've got a shortage, like many states, of mental health workers. So it can be difficult uh, for somebody who's just seeking counseling, right? Let's say they're not in a crisis setting yet, but they need somebody to talk to. Life is weighing them down. They're starting to get some problems. They're, they're not able to handle the stressors or the crises in their lives. And so they reach out, or they try to anyway. But they can't find anybody. There are no providers in their area, or there's a long wait list. Nobody's taking new patients. That's happening right now. For those who are actually in crisis, those acute cases, there's also a shortage of mental health inpatient beds. In Tennessee. And again, a lot of other states around the country. It's not like Tennessee is the only one with this issue. Most states are struggling with these same concerns. But if we want to deal with truly dangerous individuals, and we want to try to set them back on a right path where they're not a threat to themselves or anyone else, we're not going to do that through a temporary mental health restraining order. You're not going to do that through an extreme risk protection order. That, that, that's a do-something measure. Look, it's a lot easier for lawmakers. It's a hell of a lot cheaper than fixing the mental health system. But if we actually want results, if we don't want to just do something, but we want to do something that works, that would be 
a much better place to start. And I'm not hearing a lot of calls from the governor to fix the mental health system in Tennessee or to ensure uh, that there are consequences for violent criminals, which is the other side of the coin here. Those individuals who actually have been accused of a crime, who have been arrested, who have been charged, and who more often than not get offered sweetheart plea deals with a slap on the wrist, and they're sent on their merry way. You know, if we want to get serious about violent crime, if we want to get serious about stopping these types of active assailant attacks like we saw at Covenant School, I'm all in favor of that. But getting serious doesn't mean adopting gun control laws. Getting serious in dealing with these issues means we take a look at the underlying institutions. We take a look at the laws that are already on the books, at the policies that are already in place. And we look to see if they're working as efficiently or effectively as they can be. And I think the answer when we're talking about whether the criminal justice system or the mental health system is that no, these institutions are failing us. So rather than slapping another law on the books, again, that'll be enforced by these failing institutions, let's fix the issue. Let's address the underlying problem. Let's ensure that there are consequences for violent crimes. Let's ensure that when somebody is in crisis, They're not sitting in a jail cell for two days waiting for a mental health bed to open up somewhere or worse, just kick back out to the street because there's no room at the inn. I'd be in full support of a special session in Tennessee dealing with that subject matter. But a red flag law, no matter what you want to call it, is not the answer to what is ailing Tennessee. Uh, All right, now let's uh, turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. Again, where we talk about these failures of the criminal justice system, they are present each and every day. Before we do that, though, uh, here's something we really have to think about. What is happening with the banks? It is literally crazy. Can you imagine what this is going to do to the retirement savings of America? Now, I want to tell you what I've heard from Augusta Precious Metals. Gold buying is on fire right now because people want gold IRAs to protect their retirement savings. And get this, if you have 100000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. That's a big deal, a pure gold coin for free. So reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and learn how you can get started with gold. Don't let bank failures get you down. Get this free gold and get some peace of mind. Just call 855-222-4997 to learn whether gold can help protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 855-222-4997. Again, 855-222-4997. So I actually have not one, but two recidivist reports for you today. Couldn't decide. So I thought, well, why not just toss them both out there? First from Minnesota. Now, keep in mind, again, we've been hearing all this talk. You got to have safe stores laws, right? You got to mandate storage. You got to keep those guns locked up, ammunition stored separately. People are getting a hold of guns. They're going in. They're stealing guns. This is horrible. Got to do something. And it's got to be aimed at the legal gun owner, right? But what happens to somebody who steals firearms? What happens to that that thief, that burglar. Well, in one case in Minnesota, the answer is not much. Woman charged in gun thefts, sentenced to probation. That's right. Nothing more than probation. That's from the Austin Daily Herald in Minnesota. 28-year-old April Taylor Arend, sentenced in Mower County District Court last Thursday to one year 
Just one year of supervised probation for felony first-degree burglary, aiding an offender, and one year of supervised probation for felony first-degree burglary. Sentences will run concurrently. She was also fined $50. That's it. 50 bucks. She had originally been charged with 12 felony counts of burglary and theft, along with one gross misdemeanor count of theft, accused of stealing firearms from a home back on January the 28th. At the time, the owner of the home said that Arends had recently moved out and that she would have been aware where the firearms were stored. Uh, in March, a search warrant was served on her apartment, which turned up a compound bow, which was among the stolen uh, weapons. At that point, she denied involvement in the burglary. Uh, once, you know, the bow was found in her house, it gets a little hard to deny. But prosecutors stepped in and again, offered her the sweetheart deal. Listen, just plead guilty to one felony. Well, two felonies. First degree burglary, aiding an offender, and then first degree burglary. Uh, but you don't have to go to jail. You don't have to go to prison. You don't even have to pay a lot of money, 50 bucks. I've had late fees at Blockbuster back in the day that were bigger than that. And uh, April Lorenz, long as she keeps her nose out of trouble for a year. Free and clear. Now, if you're a Minnesota gun owner, subject to uh, this uh, storage mandate the Democrats are trying to ram through, uh, you could be facing much more serious time behind bars. If you dare to store your firearm loaded, maybe even unlocked, where you can access it, you don't have any juveniles in the home or anything of that nature, yeah, you could be facing more time than uh, April Lorenz facing for stealing guns from a home in Minnesota. So that's our first deal of the day. Here's the second one. Now, that was about theft of a fire. What about if you actually shoot somebody? Again, the media has been uh, talking a lot about the uh, cases in Kansas City and in uh, New York where these uh, individuals, if somebody shows up there at their door or they're driving away and they fire a shot and they injure or kill somebody. But I don't think we're going to see national news headlines about this. Upper Darby man gets six years probation in 69th Street shooting. Now, I thought maybe there was a self-defense element here that uh, led to this plea deal. As far as I can tell, that's not the case. Tarek Wilcox, taken into custody within hours of shooting another man in the leg back on December 29th, according to the Daily Times, he was charged with aggravated and simple assault, or reckless endangerment, as well as illegal possession of a weapon. He was released on unsecured bail of $150,000 back on December the 30th. Police Superintendent Timothy Bernhardt uh, said at the time that the incident appeared to have started when two men bumped into each other and words were exchanged. Wilcox then turned around, pulled a gun, and shot the other man before running off. Um, the police superintendent in uh, Pennsylvania reported that the victim was transported to a local hospital with a single through and through gunshot wound that was not life-threatening. He added that uh, Wilcox was lucky that no other bystanders were injured, given the heavy foot traffic usually present at that time of day. Back in February, Wilcox waived a preliminary hearing and entered a negotiated guilty plea on Monday to charges of simple assault and possessing a weapon, both misdemeanor offenses. Assistant District Attorney Jason Harmon um, agreed to the plea deal. Defense attorney Kevin Aran obviously agreed to the plea deal. Great for his client. He said his client's employed full-time as a custodian at Westchester University. He lives with his girlfriend. They have an eight-year-old daughter together. And he said Wilcox was looking forward to taking responsibility for his offense and putting the matter behind him. Uh, the judge said, I'm willing to accept this shooting as an aberration. So, uh, yeah, you're free to go, Mr. Wilcox. Probation. Six years probation. He was also ordered to forfeit the firearm and have no contact with the victim. Uh, if he does not have any other violations after four years, he can apply to have probation terminated. Okay. So again, here's somebody who actually shot someone. 
the judge willing to excuse it. Well, it's an aberration. It was, it was, it was completely out of character for you, sir. Be that as it may, he still shot somebody. So again, where is the media outrage here? This is Pennsylvania. This is a place where, you know, and this is, by the way, a blue part of Pennsylvania. This isn't Pennsylvania. Uh, this is the Philadelphia suburbs and a place, again, where you might think that uh, with all of the concern about violent crime, there would also be a corresponding concern about the consequences or lack thereof for violent criminal actors. Not the case when it comes to Mr. Wilcox, who shot a man and got away with probation. Not because he was acting in self-defense, because that's how prosecutors deal with shootings, I guess, in Upper Darby, PA. Uh, or, excuse me, uh, in a media Pennsylvania, Delaware County. I, I, now, in this case, this is not a true recidivist report. Uh, Tarek Wilcox is, uh, uh, as far as I know, this is his first run-in with the law. I hope it's his last. I, I hope he takes advantage of the sweetheart plea deal. But the same Democrats who tell us we need more gun control laws aimed at you and me on the books in order to fight violent crime are utterly silent when it comes to gun thefts and even shootings being disciplined with a slap on the wrist. Uh, Today's armed citizen story from Greece, New York, where uh, police say a homeowner shot an intruder during a burglary over the weekend. Uh, And yeah, this does appear to be a a pretty clear-cut case of self-defense. The uh, Rochester Democrat and Chronicle reporting the incident happened early Monday morning, excuse me, about 430. When officers arrived at the scene, they found a man inside the home who had been shot once in his lower body. He was uh, taken to a local hospital with uh, non-life-threatening injuries. 25-year-old Christopher McManus eventually charged with uh, first-degree burglary, second-degree assault, as well as second-degree criminal mischief, all of which are felonies, also charged with a, a misdemeanor count of petty larceny. Police in Greece, New York, say that the homeowner was asleep when he heard noises indicating that somebody had broken into the home. So he retrieved his legally owned firearm and went to investigate, discovered McManus. McManus allegedly attacked him, and that's when he fired a shot, striking McManus uh, in the lower body. Greece police said in a news release, quote, the homeowner's actions appear to be in self-defense. The case will be referred to the Monroe County DA's office for review, and the investigation is ongoing. But again, uh, based on all of the available evidence right now, it looks like the uh, homeowner was well within his rights to defend himself in his home. Uh, from that intruder. Now, finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, a uh, off-duty lieutenant and a good Samaritan who helped pull a man from a wrecked car in, uh, I think this was in Connecticut, after a uh, tanker truck uh, wrecked and caught fire. This was in the uh, city of New London. Or, excuse me, it was not in the city of New London. It was actually a uh, city of New London Lieutenant Cornelius Rogers who ran towards the blaze. This was uh, last Friday. A car blew out a tire on a highway bridge before it collided with a tanker truck. Tanker flipped, actually killing the driver inside. And uh, uh, the the, uh, driver of that car, uh, who had the uh, tire blowout, was trapped inside. Cornelius Rogers was heading home from the gym. He says, I saw this dark smoke, flames coming from the side of the bridge. And he said, I saw a gentleman running to the car with a cell phone. So that gave me a cue that someone else might be trapped in the car. When he pulled up to the scene, he said uh, he immediately jumped in to help, didn't grab his phone, didn't start recording. He said, I decided to run to the other side of the car and try to open the door. He said, due to the damage to the car, I wasn't able to do it. So I ran back to the other side where the gentleman was unconscious and his leg was trapped inside the car. Cornelius Rogers says, God put me in that situation. He said, I'm usually across the bridge earlier, but for some reason, I was delayed. 
He said, so I believe you should be a good person 24 hours a day, not just when you put on the uniform. And again, thanks to uh, the efforts of Rogers and that Good Samaritan, uh, the driver was extricated uh, and is uh, still alive today, uh, thankfully. Uh, the driver of the tanker truck uh, who was killed, a, a GoFundMe has been uh, set up to support uh, the family. Cornelius Rogers said he found out he had mutual friends with that driver. He said he was a hero to his family. He said, I was able to, uh, with other citizens, save somebody. But if I can do something that brings attention to him in this tragic moment, it would mean the world to me. So in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Lieutenant Cornelius Rogers and that anonymous Good Samaritan there in Connecticut, we thank you for your very good deeds. Now, that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. I do appreciate you being a part of the program. Looking forward to being with you again tomorrow. Laura Carno is going to join us from Faster, Colorado. She has been inundated with school districts around the state asking, all right, what do we do? We want armed school staff here protecting our kids. We're going to give you an update tomorrow. In the meantime, don't forget to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day. We're keeping you up to date on all of the Second Amendment news and information, including Joe Biden's announcement. He's running again. Yeah, this is family-friendly, so I'll, I'll, I'll keep my opinion to myself on that for now, anyway, until I come up with uh, more family-friendly language I could use. But we have all of the uh, big stories uh, breaking today. We've got you covered at BarryAndArms.com. And if you like what you see, I'd encourage you to become a VIP member as well. Just go to BarryAndArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As I was saying, thanks for showing your support. We're going to give you exclusive analysis, news stories, content you won't find anywhere else. Because your support does matter and it really does make a difference. So thank you again. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.